Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Playwright Yasmin Rana received her BFA and MFA in Dramatic Writing from New York University's Tisch School of the Arts and has been plenty busy in the 24 years since. Her plays have been developed and performed in numerous theaters in the U.S. and internationally. In 2014, Yasmin was one of six finalists for the Francesca Primus Prize for her play, The War Zone Is My Bed, and a year later received a fellowship from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts for another spring. That's not the end of the honors and recognition. There's the Paulette Goddard Fellowship from her alma mater, NYU, and a Walter E. Dakin Fellowship from the Swanee Writers Conference. Yasmin was also a finalist for La Mama Theater's inaugural Ellen Stewart Award and was selected by the Tommy Hilfiger Company and Glamour Magazine as one of four outstanding women of New Jersey to benefit the Women of the Year Malala Fund. Yasmin's plays and monologues have been published in the Alabama Literary Review, the Best Contemporary Monologues of 2014, the Drama Review, the University of Chicago Press, Siegel Books and Performance Series published Warzone Is My Bed, along with an anthology of four of Yasmin's plays. Oh, and by the way, Yasmin is also an educator and a drama therapist and has worked in Bosnia, the Republic of Georgia, and Switzerland. Yasmin, welcome, and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. What does that do to you when you hear all of this recognition and accomplishments? What do you think? I'm just so honored and fortunate to have been working in a field that I love and to practice theater and to see my work developed and produced and published and to work with amazing directors and artists and and producers over the years. But not for nothing, and stating the obvious, you have to have the ability, the talent, to have your works performed and recognized. And so clearly you fit that bill. Well, thank you. I was very lucky. I went to NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. For a my graduate BF. of that as well. Ah, mm-hmm. But wonderful. long before you did, yes. Mm-hmm. But I think also with time and with experience, my plays have developed into something else and have evolved. That there had been uh, a starting point where there was, of course, somewhere to go with these plays Mm -hmm. that they could be done. But I think the narratives have changed and have now encompassed wider audiences with sociopolitical issues that I've encountered throughout the years. Before we actually talk about your playwriting, I have two questions to ask. What, A, inspired you, and B, made you think you could do this? I started out as an actress. I was an actress in high school. I played Anne Frank in The Diary of Anne Frank. I did a lot of theater in my school and also locally. And when I got to NYU, I wanted to continue that. But I was very keen on pursuing an opportunity in which I could speak as a writer and perform my own works. Because you felt you had something to say. I had something to say, and I thought it would be journalism. Hmm. I thought that would be the path I would take. But when dramatic writing was introduced to me, that that was indeed a major, and that I can combine my my love for theater as well as my love for writing and performing, I chose that path instead. And when you were starting out, did you feel or did you know that you had stories to tell? Not as many as I've developed over the years. (laughs) It's Uh funny, when I look at my earlier work, sometimes they're so distant from me now. Mm. I I can see bits of myself, but those were times of me at that age, at that stage. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yes, I had stories and they were very monumental to me at that time. 
But were they always serious work? They were, yes. As opposed to, and when I say frivolous, I don't mean that in a pejorative no, way, but you had messages. Yes. And Blood, they had meaning. Yes. Blood Sky is a very early play of mine, and that's about a woman in three stages of her life and an assault and a memory piece. But I also did some comedies, but primarily it was serious social, personal issues. How were you impacted by the world around you when you were growing up? Just very aware. Mm -hmm. Just very aware of different cultures, different nationalities, different religions, and very curious. And I think when you're curious, you ask questions. And that led to my storytelling in asking questions, not really expecting to come out with a story after that, but just finding a narrative toward that path. Did you ever feel growing up that you were different? Uh... Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, when I was growing up, not everyone had my name and not maybe not everyone in the class looked like me. And where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in New York and New Jersey. Okay. But it's interesting to see now because I'm an educator. I, I look at my students and I think, wow, if they only knew what it was like because there's such diversity now. It's just so beautiful to see. So you were the lone student in terms of diversity? Starting out, yes. But then coming to NYU, uh, meeting different people from all over the United States and the world really was a was a wondrous experience. And having professors also who reflected that diversity. So it, it was an awareness for you, but it wasn't necessarily a setback, a Absolutely. drawback? Not okay. for me, not for me. And perhaps because that's the way I was raised with my family, very proud of who I am and very curious and very, the focus on education, the focus on learning, the focus on books and having that education transcend. So you get to school and you find your voice. Yes. And your first play, talk about that. Uh, it was Blood Sky. So it was started out as a short piece about a woman and a monologue and three stages of her life. And then it grew into a full length text about a woman in the Deep South and her memory piece of an assault and of her trying to break free from her small town. And how how hard was that to do? Was it really a natural act? Did you find that it flowed from you? You know, even though the plot may not be reflective of my personal experience, mm -hmm. I used the emotions of that character, Jolie, to tap into the outsider, perhaps, or someone seeking answers to to come across that story. And then take us on your writing journey from that point. I, that was your first that was major it. work? Yes, yes. And I also had done a short piece called Doves in the Trees, which was picked up by a wonderful company called Pulse Ensemble Theater, which was on Theater Row. And this is while you're still a student? And this is when I was going into my MFA, MFA. program mm -hmm. in which I was invited to continue, and I did, and that's how the Pollock Goddard Fellowship came into play. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to expand upon more work and have the time to write and have the time to, to contemplate the next step. At the same time following that, I was very keen on what was happening in the world. And so I was thinking about what else I could do to have my writing reflect right. uh -huh. what was going on. And what was going on then? Well, the Bosnian War was, was starting. And after at graduation, I pursued an educational degree to teach and also drama therapy because I wanted to incorporate multiple ways to reach people through mm -hmm. the arts. And so I was able to go overseas and volunteer at a youth house. In Bosnia. In Bosnia. In During wartime. It was in 2000. It was after the war, but it was post-war, and it was, it was a mess. still very uh, raw. 
Mm. It was still very raw. And it was an interesting experience because at that time I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't know who I was living with. It was just a, you know, a family. Uh, you did this on your own. I did own. it on my own. And there was a, an NGO organization that sort of matched us, but I didn't know who these people were. And I wanted to work in a youth house and use drama therapy and use the arts and language to, to help. Do you look back on that and say, holy shit, I can't believe I Absolutely. did that? Absolutely. I know. Today, I can't believe I did that. Yes. Again, you just picked yourself up. You made this match for yourself. Yes. And you find yourself in Bosnia, in Bosnia through an organization I, that, was, that had youth houses for refugee and returning children. And the focus was on using the arts mm-hmm. and using sport as a therapeutic model. As and a how do you tool. do that? How does one do that? Well, it's Especially play. when you're not speaking. I understand. But how are you communicating? Well, I had translators. All right. So that was very helpful. And I used art. I used drawing. I used the, the play method. It was it was just a, a very valuable experience for me, though I never knew that would impact my writing. Huh. I never knew that a play p- plays would be written from those experiences. I did not go there to see with that plays. in mind. That was not mm-hmm. my intention at all. But what happened was when I was there, and it was not a long period of time. It was two months, but it was an intense two months because I lived there, I worked there. Um, People shared their stories without even my asking, without even my inviting for them to share. So I think people felt the need to express themselves because when war ends, people go home. That's it. But they needed to, to continue the narrative and to be heard. Well, not for nothing, as I'm listening to this, there's a part of me that thinks you buried the lead by not thinking that that experience would exactly. impact you. You're in a foreign country, right. a war-torn country. It's a mess. Yes. And if it didn't in some way resonate with you, not that it would have been for naught, but it, I think that would have been otter. It would have been. It would, But I didn't know how it would impact me. I understand. So personally, yes. of yes. course, and perhaps in my writing, of course, but not in a public forum of writing in which plays have been produced and published from those experiences. So the year is 2000. You spend two months mm-hmm. there. You come back to New York, right. the New York area, and then what happens? you got to get a job, right? right? I'm teach- Yes. You're t- I've been teaching English, oh, okay. English as a second language mm-hmm. at a public high school, and also doing drama therapy and uh, working with uh, different organizations here in New York as well. But I started writing. And I wrote the war zone. I wrote returning, mm-hmm. and then the war zone is my bed. That would be fair to call it your seminal play. Mm-hmm. The, the war zone. The war is zone my, is my bed. So yes. talk about that, the genesis, and tell us about that play. Well, the war zone is my bed is very much influenced by the time in Bosnia and Sarajevo, and also at the time of uh, women living under the Taliban. And I would discuss that as well. What happened was I had written short pieces and had them done in theaters such as it was Playwrights Theater of New Jersey, John Harm Center for the Performing Arts in Englewood. And and thanks to those initiatives, those pieces became a longer work, which is The War Zone is My Bed. And eventually it was produced at La Mama. How difficult was it to have your work produced in the early days? It's very interesting. I just felt that... There seemed to be, I don't want to say more opportunities, but there were a lot of theaters, there were a lot of festivals, and I think there was a, a hunger for new work. And it's very funny. I saw an ad in the paper, in the local paper, The Suburbanite. Oh, that's uh-huh. local. <laughs> and it was from John Petrowski, who's the founder, artistic director of Playwrights Theater of New Jersey, which is now Writers Theater of New Jersey, looking for short pieces for John Harm Center for the Performing Arts in Inglewood. And also there was another theater in Montclair. So just sending my work out, not having 
having an agent, not really knowing anyone, but just being very honest and being very, very hopeful and expecting good things and expecting someone to to read this perhaps and do something with it because I really trusted the work. And that's youth as well, perhaps. You know, but as I listen to that, and that's just really important, as opposed to, oh, gosh, I hope somebody, you know, opens up the envelope or, you know. I ne- it, I, it never crossed my mind. I didn't have an agent for many years. I tried and tried, and I, it just I, it just didn't happen. But I had made wonderful relationships mm-hmm. with directors whom I trusted. Jim Glossman is another one I met through John Petrowski at Playwrights Theater of New Jersey. Jim Glossman is a wonderful director who teaches at Johns Hopkins. And when he was looking for a play for his students who were graduating, that they wanted to do something political, something Mm -hmm. social, something international, he asked me about returning. And he produced returning. Where does gender fit into this? I have interviewed a couple of female playwrights. Uh, We don't get super political about this, but, you know, you're still not a majority. That also has to speak for and against you. That's yeah. disturbing. Yeah, I know it. It that th- that weighs on me quite a bit, and I it it does bother me. And my my point is is that perhaps if we could find a way, I'm I'm always seeking work with female directors and female producers. Um, I am very honored that I worked with two other women in in co-founding a women's theater called Nora's Playhouse. Though we've parted ways, and I'm not working with them anymore, mm-hmm. they do dynamic work. And Caroline Reddick Lawson, who is the founder and and artistic director, had directed The Fallen, which is another uh, Bosnian, post-Bosnian piece. She had done the the premiere, Mm -hmm. and we had done it at NYU. And so I am very fortunate that I was a part of that, that we felt it was very important. And they're still around, and they're still doing very important work. Though I'm not with them anymore, we've gone different directions. It's still out there. So you are recognized for your work as opposed to your gender, or do both of those things go hand in hand? Because there is the female perspective. I I think they both go hand in hand, uh, because definitely there is my female perspective in the voices of the women I write about and their stories. The Bosnian stories are about rape, Mm, systematic mm. rape, and children born from the systematic rape, and relationships, and finding love after such conflict, such trauma. That two-month experience, I'm going to put words in your mouth, was really seminal in your life, probably more than anything else. It really was. And even after that, I was working at an American school in Switzerland, and I worked with them and the Jakob Foundation in Zurich to bring over Bosnian refugee returning children to have a summer in Switzerland. So I tried to do things even after I left to to say, I have not forgotten you. And I'm still wow. in contact with the family I lived with. Every year we connect. And I would love to go back one day. I also said in the introduction that you worked in the Republic of Georgia. I did. I what worked, were you doing what there? What I did was, well, with the same organization, I did a, a, a workshop for social workers and psychologists who are interested in using the arts therapies uh, with uh, returning and refugee children. And that was also 2000, 2001. That just must be such an impactful experience also, to have people express themselves and and to feel comfortable and to share their stories or to share their pain. Absolutely. I I think it's it's a wonderful modality. I think it's something that can reach a lot of people because it's not easy for people to sit down and have a conversation. It's it's very difficult for, I think, speaking, because I teach ESL also. Speaking is very personal, and I, I think we take it for granted. 
Speaking or sharing, or is it both. the same thing? I think yeah. both. Uh-huh. I think the voice. Mm. The voice is deeply personal. It sometimes defines you. Mm-hmm. It's the way you speak. It's how people hear you. It's how they interpret you. It's how they view you, mm-hmm. how you're perceived through your patterns, through your accent, through your mannerisms. Right. It's very difficult. And in spite of how you are perceived, it doesn't necessarily mean you're listened to. Exactly. That's, tr- that's, that's true as well. But an, oh, yeah, go ahead. an alternative no, no. Uh, yeah. to that would be play, would be art, would be drama, would be dance as a means of expression. Who else have you given voice to? Mostly women. Mostly women. And now, with my age, at, Which it's is, funny. Would you share that? 46. I feel very proud and very mm-hmm. calm. I'll say it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, and why not? And I'm thankful that I'm here. Can I say that? I'm thankful that I, at 46 I'm here. I'm alive, you know, <laughs> that I'm able to move, that I'm able I hear to you. dance, yep, yep, that yep, I'm yep. able to talk to you today. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, uh, not well, everyone is. Yep, so, yep. But it's interesting. I'm very curious about women of a certain age now. Before your contemporaries? My contemporaries <clears throat> and older now. Okay. I'm going that direction. And their stories mm-hmm. and how they perceive themselves and how the public views them. Well, if I can speak to that in terms of the older part of that is the invisibility. Even though it's 2018 and we've made these massive strides or whatever, that's still, you know, old habits die hard. I'm noticing that more. Personally or just observationally? Mm -hmm. Absolutely both. And that's perhaps one of the reasons why I decided to take ballet. And I wrote a play about that experience at the bar, which was done at Luna Stage at a uh, festival last year. And you took ballet because of relevancy? Relevancy and the body and what the body means. Because a lot of my work, it's funny because my the female protagonists follow me or I follow them huh. in experience and stage. And the body is very much a part of that narrative as well. And especially if I'm writing about trauma and seeing yourself and seeing how you look and seeing how others look to you mm. after a traumatic event in the stories of Bosnia, in the stories of the war zone is my bed and returning. And so I took it up about two years ago and I did it as a means to see myself and to see other women and how they see themselves as we reach a certain age. And what have you found? This, there's a wonderful sisterhood. I never had so many female friends. Huh. I was the person who had the guy friends. Okay. And that's just the way it was. Now I'm hearing women's stories, but on my level. Interesting. It, it, you know, very relatable to me and very open to that. Sometimes and it's exciting. I, I worry that there were periods in history where we weren't so eager to help each other out. No, no. and I, it bothers me when there's such a division with age. And I don't like that. Yeah, neither do I. I've always had friends of different ages. So So that speaks to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very important to me because I learned from so many people. Are your plays personal? Yes. The emotions are personal. Right. You might not have experienced war. Right. And you might not hopefully have experienced Mm -hmm. any form of sexual Mm -hmm. abuse or whatever. But you factor into your work. Absolutely. I, I breathe it. You breathe I breathe it. Yeah. it. I mm-hmm. breathe it. I live with these characters. They're in my head. People ask me about my process. I'm I'm very much in my head as a writer. I think, I think, I think. I live with people in my, you know, these characters. And then when I'm ready to release, they'll come out. So they're very much a part of me. 
What about the underside of life for the women who, and not in a ward zone area, but who've experienced the unspeakable? I just think of the word despair. There's a point of despair, and I wish that there were a means to reach people and to to show you're not alone. You know, there's that sisterhood out there. There are people out there willing to help you talk to somebody, seek help. But it's there's a point of despair where I think... It's, ve- it's very hard to crawl out. Do you feel despair by your plays? There's always an element of hope. Hmm. There's always an element. That figure that there has is a factor in each one of your Absolutely. works. Absolutely. There uh-huh. is an element of hope. It's there. It's present. It may come towards the end. Mm. It may not be in the middle, but it's, but it's present. How difficult is it for you to write, if it is at all? It's a process for me that has its own timeline. I know writers who write for one or two hours every single day. I don't like to use the word disciplined because I am disciplined, but in another way. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking, I haven't stopped writing in these years, but maybe I've taken a few months to contemplate, to meditate, to reflect, to wait for the right story. Well, clearly you're human. You're not a machine. Right. And that... Playwriting, like you said, is a process. It could be two months. It could be two years, couldn't it, for and something? Absolutely. But I write by inspiration. I'm not someone who can sit home and be a full-time writer. It would not work for me. That's why I've always taught. I've taught English. English is a second language because I like international students and I like culture and travel, uh, theater. I went into drama therapy, creative arts therapies. I practice ballet, though, at the wow, very beginning so stages. there's so many parts to Yasmin. It's amazing, don't you think? Well, but that helps. That's the writing. That's that's what makes the writing for yeah, me, but there can for be, my process. Right, that you have to qualify that because there are plenty of playwrights who, who are don't not necessarily do going to the bar. <laughs> no. You know, hello. And so it's okay for you if a long stretch occurs where you're not putting your thoughts down. I just had a long stretch. I had a long stretch in which I put my whole focus into ballet, into the body. And I was wondering, why am I doing this? Why am I meditating on this? What came from that was three plays that I've just finished. And one of them was read in London recently. Talk about that. Terra Arts Theatre is a theatre in London, which I've worked with in the past. They uh, hosted a reading of my uh, book, The War Zone is My Bed, and plays I had written. And I had written a couple of plays and reached out to the artistic director. And he invited me in May to write something for an evening that they were having. They had taken the uh, Sanskrit epic Mahabharata and had wanted to reinvent it using female characters from that epic to today to celebrate the centenary of, of women's suffrage. So I had he had given me different characters, and I would have to read them and choose someone that I related to or someone I'd like to write about. And one of them was Amba. And Amba was a character who, I don't want to say the word blamed, because I feel like that's flip, held people, particularly men, accountable for what had happened to her in her life, that her her stage in life was through experiences that were negative. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. I, you know, I just, let me take that and play with that a little bit. She owned nothing of this is what you're saying? She, yeah, she she owned some of it. She owned some of it, but she she released it to them. Mm-hmm. She, she made them hear what they had done to her. So I had taken that play, Amba, and I had changed it to Amanda, which was a short play that was presented along with other plays that were inspired by that epic. And I said it in the workplace. I said it in the office about a woman who is on an interview and uses that moment to 
tell the man who is interviewing her about his role in her assault when she was a child. Unbeknownst to him. Unbeknownst to him. Because, I I mean, I saw a video of this, and he had no idea who she was. Exactly. And was very defensive about it, and she actually came at him with guns blazing. Yes. That was your choice to do. They didn't assign that to you. No. So Mm -hmm. the idea of accountability and responsibility, having someone take responsibility, and that's the character that I created, Amanda, based on this character, Amba. That's all she wanted. She wanted this person to take note and to voice his level of responsibility, accountability in his actions, and he refused. And so there's no resolution. There's no resolution in that. But she leaves after having this moment with him. There has to be something within him. That changed. That's changed. And she clearly didn't get the job. No. Right. You know, many, many years ago, I hosted a show called Arts Alive from the Algonquin, and one of the um, guests was Wendy Wasserstein. Mm. And what, I mean, Mm. clearly, we don't, I mean, the accolades would take an hour. But I asked her this question that may seem so pedestrian, almost juvenile, but I'm going to ask it of you as well. And I just looked at her, and even though we've talked about this up until this point, I just said, how do you write a play? How do you write the dialogue? I just marveled at that, especially when there's this back and forth going on and there are all these characters. I'm not saying you're glossing over this because this is what you do, but, you know, appreciate my position. How do you do it? I appreciate what I have, and I appreciate the voices I'm allowed to give to these characters who are voiceless sometimes. I ask a lot of questions. I like to meet people. I like to travel. I like to learn about different cultures, different countries, different experiences. And I think being curious is definitely a way to to create a story mm-hmm. because you learn about things you hadn't learned of. You experience things you hadn't experienced before. And that's the discipline. The discipline is to maintain curiosity and interest And have in it the become world. a natural act. And have you. it become a natural act through not disregarding it. It's interesting because you can have a conversation with someone, you can learn something new, and then walk away and disregard it. I don't disregard things. I keep them with me. I store them. Maybe it could be used in a play. Maybe it's something that will be a life lesson. And sometimes that can hurt you because it can be burdensome. Yeah. It could be yeah. heavy. Mm-hmm. It could hurt you physically because you're carrying all this within. Mm-hmm. But that's who I am. And that's what I appreciate. If I gave that up, if I disregarded someone's experience, if I disregarded someone's narrative, I think that's a waste. What do you see happening to you in the future? I want to keep on doing what I'm doing and to work with directors and producers I respect. Uh, Has that ever been fraught for you? I've been fortunate that the people I've worked with share my vision. And And are the directors mostly male? Yes. How do you feel about that? I wish there were more female directors I could work with. I'm out there and I would love... It is for now what it is, Mm -hmm. but I am very hopeful and very optimistic that there will be more female directors and producers. I think it's happening now. More so than... I think it's happened than 24 years ago. Right, you were first starting out. I think it's happening now, and I'm just encouraging women I meet to pursue those areas as well. Do you ever think of writing something that's light and comedic? I have. I absolutely have. At the Bar is a play about age in the body, about women who are at the bar. Right. (laughs) And there there are moments that are that are very comedic, I would say, and light, but there is a deeper meaning within Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. I also have a play called M 
that was an early play of mine, and people still ask about that. It's about a woman searching for her soulmate, and it's very whimsical. It's his initial is an M, and so <laughs> so there are some comedic light plays that I have done, but there's a level of seriousness. There's a level of me not meaning mm-hmm. of deep meaning in life within those moments of humor, within those moments of lightness. What is so obvious in this conversation and what what really is translating here is this openness and this acceptance and lack of cynicism, maybe in spite of the, the heavy topics that you tackle, right? I mean, life is worth living, even if you're in freaking war-torn Bosnia. It's not easy. I understand. You open the newspaper, you turn on the yeah, news. Really. It's very sad. It's very ve- hard. Yeah. It's very... I have to have it. You have to maintain that level of of life and hope and and gratitude. How we started out this conversation, you know, I'm grateful after listening to my bio and (laughs) my experiences. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that I've had those experiences. And, you know, I hate to say this, but even if, and I hope this doesn't happen, if I don't have any more writing experiences or play productions or, or publications, I could look back at, from this point forward, I could look back at what I've done and say, it's there. Right. It's and there. that also doesn't mean that you can't write another chapter no, or a different another chapter. another act in my life. Exactly. It's already done. Well, the, there. there is this openness in you. I mean, that's so obvious, you know. It's here I am, almost come get me. And I don't want to look at age. I will appreciate age, mm-hmm. but it's not a deterrent. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that to women because I see a lot of female actresses who say, well, if I don't make it at this point, that's it. Yeah. I want to say just, if you can, keep yes, going. Yes, yes. Keep going. And writers too, female writers who yeah. feel that, oh, they only want young playwrights. They want the hot young. Whenever I read the hot young, I'm not going to, that's. Yeah, I hear you. I, I don't yeah. need to hear hot young. Yeah, Just I'm with give me you a good too. play. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a good story. Right. I, I don't need right. the hot. I don't need the young. I'm with you. That's a turnoff. I want to say keep going. I, I see that with female playwrights. I see that with female actresses I've worked with. If I don't make it by a certain age, I'm giving up. Mm-hmm. If I don't get an agent by... I didn't get an agent until a few years ago. And I found the most perfect agent for me, Susan German, who is a wonderful human being artist, visionary, who has been so supportive. It took me so many years, but I had to find the, it had to be the right person in a way that weight was worth it. So do you feel that you were up until that time pushing a rock up a mountain or not at all? I would work on my own, sending everything out, trying and making connections on my own, trusting directors I've worked with. It's just nice to have someone there for you and supportive of you. Would it be an error on my part or a sin of omission? I would have to assume that your parents instilled quite a sense of self in you. They did. They yeah. did. They were. They. You know what? They are helping people. Uh, my father's a physician. My mother's a, a nurse. Mm-hmm. They still work, and they love reaching people, and they love helping people. But they're also patrons of the arts. They've always, even though they're in the sciences. They've always well, appreciated We can always cross arts. lines. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And check off. Wasn't he a doctor as well as a <laughs> check off? Yeah, right. There you yeah. go. Check it off. Check um, it off. And you also know? your brother is an actor, right? I, he's very supportive of my brother. He's in the band's visit. Yeah, what a great play. And uh-huh. he's been he's a wonder and he also is a writer as well. He does adaptations. So have you ever collaborated? I would be keen to, but I think he's on his own with all that. right. That's he's not okay. Ready yet. That's well, all right. Mm-hmm. That's all right. 
Well, we've run out of time, Yasmin, but you are really inspirational and refreshing and honest. It's all very logical. Do you know what I mean? And that's what's so great. There's, how's this? There's not a lot of drama here. Keep it on the page. (laughs) As Julia Cameron said in The Artist's Way and The Right to Write, keep it on the page, not in your life. Perfect way to end. (laughs) That's great. Yasmin Rana, thank you so much for having a conversation with me. I so enjoyed meeting you and hearing about your life and your career. You'll come back. Of course. You know, that's a deal. Thank you, Sandy. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. (laughs) 